Today we're kicking off this week's series called Narcissism Defined, where we're going to be diving into the DSM-5 and talking through the nine different characteristics of narcissistic personality disorder. What is narcissistic personality disorder? What does it actually look like? We've done overviews of this. I've walked through like different terms of this, talking through it, but I wanna walk you through it step by step by step to have you understand with full clarity of what narcissistic personality disorder is. Are we gonna cover every nuance? No, but we're gonna to try to give you the best perspective and the best idea that you have about narcissistic personality disorder besides just saying, hey, this is my opinion. Hey, this is what people say. Let's talk through what it actually looks like when someone's getting diagnosed. If you're new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness of narcissistic abuse and help set people free. I work every single day in helping liberate people from toxic narcissistic abuse that oftentimes is controlling or oppressing you into thinking that you're not good enough, that you're worthless, that you're hopeless, and the list goes on and on. If you'd like any help with this, please go to rawmotivations.com. We'd love to be able to talk to you there. You can grab a one-on-one -on -one, or you can jump into some of our challenges to help you move forward in the healing process. Well, when we think of narcissistic personality disorder, a lot of times people want to first say, oh, that's the person snapping selfies of themselves. That's the person that's like obsessed with themselves. That's the person. And you have this idea in your head already. Like you have this image of this is what the person's going to be. Now, regardless of what that image is, it probably isn't 100% accurate. Or you might be thinking, I know what narcissistic personality is. It's a cheater. It's someone who lies. It's someone who does this. And while those things might be prevalent in narcissistic personality disorder, it's not part of the characteristics that you're used to define and diagnose the actual disorder. So what are those? We're going to look at those here in just a minute. But one thing I want to just say right off the bat is one is a lot of times people think that narcissism is about being self-absorbed. And I want you to consider that narcissists are self-absorbed to the place of like, hey, I want the world to focus around me. I want to be focused on everything that I want. But that self-absorption doesn't come from a place of self-love. Typically, people get this confused and they think, well, if they're absorbed of themselves, if they're snapping selfies on themselves, then they must be absorbed. They must be self, like loving themselves so much when in reality, it's not self-love. So if we go all the way back to the origination of some of the word of narcissus, when we're talking in Greek mythology of the one, the one man who was called Narcissus and he grew up and he was like the best in the land, the fairest, and he could get all the women that he wanted. All this kind of stuff is part of the description of the story, but he gets to a place where he looks in um, a, like a, a pond, okay? He looks in a pond and he sees his reflection. And when he's staring at his reflection, the reflection is so amazing and so wonderful and so beautiful, he doesn't move from there. Okay, And so when we're talking through this aspect of does the narcissist actually love themselves or is it because they're so infatuated with themselves, it's not themselves, it's more of their image. And that's the piece that I want to be able to point out is a narcissist is more in love with the image and with control of the image than the, the narcissist actually is with himself. And this is just speaking from my own experience and then working with different people. There's this piece of shame and guilt and frustration and hurt that's buried deep down inside, inside the narcissist. It's like, let me run away from that. Let me hide from that. Because if that's exposed, it'll be shown that I'm not good enough. It'll be shown that I'm not worthy. It'll be shown in all these same things a lot of times that people struggle with. But the narcissist is like, this would kill me if this is actually true. So 
Let me latch on to this image. Narcissists are very image focused of looking and acting and being a certain way. This applies to pretty much all versions of narcissists. So we talk about malignant or communal or covert or overt or all the different types that people want to label and, and sub-label inside of narcissism. There's still this aspect of wanting to have the image look the best way possible. You might have an overt narcissist that's very excited about showing off by having the fancy cars, the fancy things, by being like, look at me, and that all that stuff is supposed to make him look and act and feel better about himself. But then you might have the covert that's not focused on all the outward appearance, but might be more focused on being the victim, and everybody's still looking at him because he's the victim in each situation. Then you might have the communal narcissist that's going around and is like, look at me through my service of what I'm actually doing, of how I'm helping society and people are like, you're so amazing at helping society. And he's like, yeah, I know, but it's all internal. Okay. So there's a lot of different ways that the nine diagnostic traits are going to go across all different subtypes. And a lot of times people think like, oh, well, mine can't be a narcissist because he doesn't have X, Y, and Z. But oftentimes he does. It's just different. It's just under the surface. Like we just talked about just with the grandiosity kind of a thing. So you need to understand narcissists are not these self-absorbed people that are in love with themselves. Okay. Um, they're just people that are are running away from shame or running away from guilt. The the mechanisms of what that looks like and the defense mechanisms that they've built into their life oftentimes are very abusive. And you'll see that as we talk through the nine diagnostic traits this week and how they're actually defined. Now, a couple of things too is like sometimes people are like narcissists aren't um, like mean, narcissists aren't like violent, narcissists aren't all these kind of things. So come up with like a bunch of things like narcissists aren't bad people, all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, you need to understand narcissistic personality disorder as a whole, when you read the diagnostic traits, ends up being abusive. Like there's not someone that is going to come into your life that's going to be arrogant, look down on you and not end up going towards this like abusive behavior. Now, that level of abuse can 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 vary depending on who you're with, what it looks like. So I'm not saying that every single narcissist out there is someone who's going to like punch you in the face. However, you never know. We've had lots of people that have that have expressed and written in stories and said, "Hey, please let people know how awful this is. We're talking from people that have been through traumatizing experiences. We're talking about people who have had emotional, mental, sexual assault, all different things that have happened in them to people that have died in the relationship because of how that person was abusive. So we just need to be able to understand like this is something that typically comes along with some level of abuse, whatever that might look like. So when we talk through narcissism, it runs through every aspect of a person's life and it affects you in a huge way. So we need to talk through some of what lies beneath the surface of the nine diagnostic traits. This is what we're going to be talking about this entire week. So if you want to know more about this, like, subscribe, be ready because we're going to be jumping in through each one every single day as you go on. Today, we're kicking it off just with this intro. Later this afternoon, we'll start off with number one, and then we'll drop two a day as we move all the way through the nine diagnostic traits Monday through Friday of this week. So what are they? Let's review them really quick so you have an idea of what the nine diagnostic traits are. Okay, when we talk about narcissistic personality disorder, the diagnostic criteria starts off, and I'm going to read from the DSM-5 so I don't mess up any words, a pervasive pattern of grandiosity, 
in fantasy or behavior, a need for admiration and a lack of empathy beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts as indicated by five or more of the following. So if your narcissist has six, probably a narcissist. If he has three, might have tendencies. We're not diagnosing here, so everybody who thinks, oh, you're not able to diagnose, we're not trying to, we're just trying to educate people of what actually is in the diagnostic criteria. Number one, has a grandiose sense of self-importance. Example, exaggerates achievements, talents, and expects to be recognized as superior without commensurate achievements. Number two, is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Number three, believes that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood or should associate with other special or high status people or institutions. Number four, requires excessive admiration. Number five, has a sense of entitlement. Example is unreasonable expectations of especially favorable treatment or automatic compliance with his or her expectations. Number six, is interpersonally exploitative. So takes advantage of others to achieve his or her own ends. Number seven, lacks empathy, but is unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others. Number eight is always envious of others or believes that others are envious of him or her. And number nine shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitudes. Now, you might be watching this so far and you're like, okay, but what, what about all the other different aspects of narcissism that we see in antisocial and hysteronic and borderline because all of those are in the cluster B categories. What about those? Here's another piece that I want you to read that I want to read to you from the DSM-5 that talks about this. Okay. And it's talking about specifically other personality disorders and personality traits that you see. Okay. So other personality disorders may be confused with narcissistic personality disorder because they have certain features in common. It is therefore important to distinguish among these disorders based on differences in their characteristic features, what we're going to be going through this week. However, if an individual has personality features that meet criteria for one or more of the personality disorders in addition to narcissistic personality disorder, all can be diagnosed. People can have more than one. You're not a one and done. You could have multiple personality disorders. The most useful feature in discriminating narcissistic personality disorder from histrionic, antisocial, and borderline, the other cluster B categories, in, in which interactive styles are um, callous, needy, respectively, is the grandiosity characteristic of narcissistic personality disorder. It's typically what sets it apart. Okay, Grandiosity can appear in different ways, like we mentioned, but typically what sets it apart. The relative stability of self-image, as well as the relative lack of self-destructiveness, impulsivity, and abandonment concerns that also help distinguish narcissistic personality disorder from borderline personality disorder. Excessive pride in achievements, a relative lack of emotional display, and disdain for others' sensitivities help distinguish narcissistic personality disorder from hysteronic personality disorder. Um, although individuals with borderline and histrionic and narcissistic personality disorders may require a lot of attention, much attention, those with narcissistic personality disorders specifically need that attention to be admiring. Individuals with antisocial or narcissistic personality disorders share a tendency to be tough-minded, glib, superficial, exploitative, and unempathetic. However, narcissistic personality disorder does not necessarily include characteristics of impulsivity, aggression, and deceit. 
In addition, individuals with antisocial personality disorder may not be as needy of the admiration and envy of others. And persons with narcissistic personality disorder usually lack the history of conduct disorder in childhood or criminal behavior in adulthood. In both narcissistic personality disorder and obsessive compulsive personality disorder, the individual may profess a commitment to perfectionism and believe that others cannot do things as well. In contrast to accompanying self-criticism of those with obsessive compulsive disorder, per personality disorder, individuals with narcissistic personality disorder are more likely to believe that they have achieved perfection. Suspiciousness and social withdrawal usually distinguish those with schizotypal and paranoid personality disorders from those with narcissistic personality disorder. When these qualities are present in individuals with narcissistic personality disorder, they derive primarily from fears of having imperfections or flaws revealed. All right, that's it. Because that's a bunch of words that I just went through. Okay, but the whole aspect is just trying to give a perspective of, hey, you can have more than one and there's different things that set it apart. So we're going to dive into this more this week. So if you're ready to be able to jump in, then like, subscribe, be ready because we have another video that'll drop later today talking through the first aspect of narcissistic personality disorder, a grandiose sense of self.